Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the Minister of Formation at Good Samaritan Episcopal Church in San Diego. And I am Charlotte Pressler, and I am the Youth Missioner for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. Hi, I'm Dawn Starry. I'm a pastoral counselor working in San Diego. And welcome to the third week of Advent, Woo-hoo! the week of Sunday, December 15th. We are so close to Christmas. Yes. Rose candle this week. That's right. Yes. That's right. And we are so excited to have Dawn on the podcast. And uh, every week we uh, have really enjoyed having guests on the podcast, and we always ask them a couple questions to help everybody know a little bit more about you. So uh, would you share with us your ministry context? I would be happy to. I do have several ministry contexts. I am working as a pastoral counselor at St. Bart's in Poway, and I also work with a nonprofit that is with working with refugees and asylum seekers as a pastoral counselor. And then I'm the children's minister at St. Luke's Episcopal Church. Cool. How many is that? Three? That's three. Wow. Yes. Pretty good. Pretty Could good. be more. You're very busy. I am. You're also a mom. I am. Yeah. That's true. And a friend and a daughter. And, a f- and so many things. <laughs> many just things. so many things, you know, make yes. up our identities. Yes, that's true. This intricate web of complication, mm-hmm. you know. Well, thanks for that. And so our other question that we always like to ask is, where did you see God in the world this week? So I, there were a couple places, I guess, that came to mind. But the one I think that is striking me the most, that is sitting with me the most, is that this morning I was speaking with my son's teacher, and it just came up that I was applying to seminary, and it was relevant that that came up when I was talking to her. You don't lead with that? <laughs> right. Hi, I'm going to be a priest. Um, so she was so moved by it. She was so moved and so... Um, just so supportive. She mentioned that she was 42 when she had gone back to school, and I said, mm. I'll be 42 when I go back to school. Mm. And she just literally was like brought to tears that I was listening to God's call in my life. And I, I don't, that's just a really profound response, I think. Mm-hmm. And that really tells me that the path that I'm on is the one that I really am called to, to have had something so moving happen. Okay. So I saw God in that moment today. Very cool. Mm-hmm. And that has been a long journey of discernment. It's been a 20-year yeah. journey of discernment. <laughs> yes, uh, 21 you have, now. You have a master's in theological studies? My bachelor's is in theology, and my master's is in pastoral, pastoral care counseling. and counseling, yes. But somehow I kept thinking, like, no, surely, surely it's something else I should be doing, even though all my degrees are in theology. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well... That's awesome, and thank you again for being with us this week. And uh, before we get into the gospel for this week, I want to make sure everybody knows that we want to hear from you. We want your questions, comments, and stories from your week of faith discussion and reflection. You can contact us through our website where you'll find all of those Faith to Go resources, www.myfaith2go.org. You can direct uh, message us on Instagram at faith to go where you can also follow us, or you can email us, faith to go at edsd.org. So, this week, Advent 3, uh, we are still in the Gospel of Matthew because it is a, li- a new liturgical season mm-hmm. and, and lectionary year. And so, Charlotte is going to read the Gospel, and then we are each going to take some time to highlight a point from the Gospel for this week. And the Gospel for this Sunday is Matthew 11, 2 through 11. 
When John heard in prison what the Messiah was doing, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to look at? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? Someone dressed in soft robes? Look, those who wear soft robes are in royal palaces. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, See, I am sending my messenger ahead. Truly I tell you, among those born of women, no one has arisen greater than John the Baptist. Yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. All right, so this is interesting because, uh, you know, in this season of Advent, it's not like ordinary time where we were kind of going from one story to the next through a gospel or through a big portion of the gospel. So we're jumping around a lot in the gospel of Matthew to get to all these important themes uh, of Advent so that the, the Gospels are more thematic than kind of storytelling. The interesting thing is that we have two consecutive Gospels about John the Baptist, mm-hmm. interestingly, but from very different perspectives and eight chapters apart. So at the last time we saw John the Baptist, he was baptizing Jesus, and now we find that he's in prison eight chapters later and, you know, asking... It's kind of cool to think about John, like, asking if this is the guy that I was talking about back in chapter 3 right. or whatever, you know? So we kind of catch up with John later on in Jesus' ministry, later on in his ministry, though we don't really see that unfold uh, until we see it through the perspective of Jesus and the disciples here. So that's really the only thing uh, that I wanted to highlight uh, for the context, is just that we are you're kind of in the middle of, of Matthew's gospel now. We've moved pretty deep into Jesus' ministry so that he's done the whole Sermon on the Mount, he's called the disciples, he's healed people and brought people back from the dead, all these things that he's listing, he's done. Uh, and so that's that's where we are. So kind of right in the middle of the gospel, in the middle of Jesus' ministry, and then Jesus having this interaction through John's disciples uh, to John. So mm-hmm. I think Charlotte has the first point for today. I do, I do. And I actually want to start right at the beginning of today's gospel, which is where it says, when John heard in prison what the Messiah was doing, he sent word by his disciples. And really what I want to highlight this week is actually the fact that John was in prison. And David, you named that right as part of the context that you were sharing, is that when we first heard about John, we hear about him eating his locusts and honey and wearing his camel hair and baptizing people. Um, And now we have this stark difference um, of his being in prison. And the reality was that being a follower of Christ was not easy, and it didn't get easier after Jesus died and was resurrected. Um, It only became harder, and that naming yourself as a Christian could result in all sorts of horrible things happening to you, being in prison being one of them, but also being put to death um, for your love of God. 
there were lots of things that were impacted just by naming yourself a Christian. And this was something that people who lived then, people who were disciples, um, believed strongly enough and were so convinced in the need to follow the teachings of Christ and to spread the good news over the course of the world that these were risks that they would take, that there was no amount of punishment too great for them to name themselves a Christian and to continue to spread the good news. And as I sat with that, when I was reflecting on the reading this week, I thought to myself, well, it's sometimes kind of hard to name myself a Christian. And that can feel like a really big risk in and of itself. We worry about judgment. We worry about shame. We worry about being connected to other Christians that maybe theologically are different than us. Um, I think that there is any magnitude of connotation that you can even imagine that is loaded into the word Christian now, right? Like being a Christian isn't necessarily just that you are a follower of Christ. And so I think about that phrase that I think we've all heard at one time or another. If you were accused of being a Christian, would there be any evidence to convict you? And that obviously is a statement of like, are you living into the reality of being a Christian? Are you serving others? Are you taking care of the world? All of those types of questions. But I think that if we consider that question from another standpoint of, have you ever said you were? Have you ever shared your faith with another human being? Have you ever reflected back to someone um, their opportunity to either deepen their faith or the need to turn around when they're headed astray? Have you been Christ to someone else? Um, that That's a very interesting turn on that expression, that it's not just about our deeds, but sometimes it really and truly is about our words. And that sharing that piece of ourself, that piece that can feel very fragile um, and that we need to protect and that we want to spare from judgment, please don't throw rocks at me, Mm -hmm. right, Um, can be scary and hard. And so we don't name the fact that we're a Christian. And if we won't name that out loud, if we won't share that piece of ourselves with others, then what else are we not doing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and this reminds me of your point from last week talking about John, which was about being prophetic. Mm -hmm. And you were asking, you know, where are people being prophetic? Where do you see people being prophetic in your life? But also how are we being called to be prophetic? And we end up seeing here what the cost of being prophetic for John is. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, ultimate, it's getting thrown in prison, but ultimately dying right. and being killed. Um, and like you're saying, you know, what are the lengths, John's, the length John would go to to prepare the way for the Lord, as he saw it, to make straight the paths in the desert, to, to make level the playing field, if you will, and to continue to point to, to Jesus and to the radical transformation that we're being called to in in this cosmic sense of of the christ that you know he was willing to go to whatever length needed to be gone to in order for that to happen Mm -hmm. and as much as i we're not in a context where we're going to be physically persecuted for our for being christian or for sharing our desire and yearning for that kingdom of heaven there are like you're you're naming a lot of ways that it is painful to go out and be clear about that mm-hmm. uh, and to be prophetic in the world and to change the way that we do things and to and to be more clear in our words and actions you know how we believe the manifestation of the kingdom of heaven happens you know and that is about sharing our faith and it's about doing things that are in line with what we believe to be true about the world and other people and of God 
and it's not an easy thing to do. No, and I'm mindful that even as I name that as hard, even as I say that that can be scary and difficult, that there are still places in this world where it can it can be deadly that you could end up in prison mm-hmm. for being sure. a Christian. Right. And so my personal context of living here in San Diego and sharing my faith is very different than it would be if I lived in another region of the world mm-hmm. um, and did that same thing. So speaking for my own reality, I accept the fact that it's difficult and hard, but it shouldn't be beyond measure when there's all of these people, not just John and people in the Bible way back then, but people around our entire world who are being prophetic and who are making way for the Lord um, in a much more dangerous situation in which I find myself. Well, and I think it's important to point out, too, that we're hardwired as human beings to fit in, Mm -hmm. right? Like, it's... It's what we're doing all the time is figuring out ways to fit in. And that to be prophetic as a Christian in many ways feels countercultural, right? Mm-hmm. And can can leave a person feeling very vulnerable, mm-hmm. to be really honest about that. And so it is, even in, even in our context in Southern California, um, it, it does take real courage to say, that, you know, this is what I believe, and I, I go to church on Sunday, and I, I want this to be living out in my life. Um, because, I mean, to go back to the point about going to seminary, I was not sure how people were going to respond to me. And so I just, I had, like, sent an email to all my friends. It was like, this is what I'm doing. And email felt safer, right? Mm-hmm. Um so, and I got a really positive response, but you don't know always what the response is going to be. And then that's true. I mean, that our sisters and brothers overseas are really being bodily harmed for believing in mm-hmm. Christ and living out that, that the belief, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. even today, it's, this is still relevant. Yes. Yeah. And so I think that... Uh, kind of transitions into the second point, which is the point I want to make, which is about those actions, uh, like Charlotte, you were describing. And I, the thing that really jumped out to me that I love is Jesus's response to the question about um, who he is uh, from John's disciples. First of all, I just love the fact that this is even happening in the first place, that John hears in prison, John's already met Jesus. Right. You know, so... So, like, John baptizes Jesus, this whole thing with, like, the spirit descending like a dove and all this Mm -hmm. stuff happens. And then John keeps going on and gets arrested and then is still like, are are you the guy? (laughs) (laughs) Like, are you the guy, though? (laughs) The guy. Because I've been working really hard. (laughs) I just want to be sure. (laughs) I've sacrificed a lot of things. Right. And I just, I really, I just want to know, like, mm-hmm. are you the guy? And so John is asking a question that we all ask. Mm-hmm. You know, John is asking a question about, of, it's a question coming, bubbling up deeply from his life of faith, from mm-hmm. his desire to know. And we all want to know. Uh, and and to, to, like, deeply know the way that God is manifesting in the world and to deeply know what is true of Jesus and what is true of God and what he needs to do next. You know, these are all questions we ask. And I love how Jesus responds. There are so many times in Scripture that I just love Jesus' response because it's not the one that is super satisfying, mm-hmm. but it is, like, leading us somewhere that we don't want to go mm-hmm. because it's uncomfortable. And so Jesus, what Jesus doesn't say is, 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm the son of God. <laughs> what else do you need to see? You know, he doesn't say that. He doesn't make some sort of doctrinal statement about himself. Mm-hmm. You know, what he says is, go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have good news brought to them, and blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. And I just, I love that because instead of, like, telling John what he needs to believe, he just tells them, go go share what you're seeing. Go mm-hmm. share what you have experienced. You know, and Jesus is, like, both giving an answer and leading into mystery. So that mm-hmm. we are, he's not, he's saying like, he's giving us permission to recognize how our experience and understanding of the world, the things we see and hear in the world are ways that God is moving in the world. And that the way that we know that the kingdom of heaven is coming is not because we know it for sure, not because we believe it to be true, we can see it happening. That like, tell John, John's asking, are you the one that's going to do this thing? And Jesus is saying, why are you asking me if I'm the one? Look at the things that are happening. Right. It's mm-hmm. not about me. It's about what is happening, you know? And so it's this, again, in Advent, it's this call to action mm-hmm. so that our, our beliefs are really important. They inform what we do. But the way that we bring about the kingdom of heaven in the world, the way that we witness to the ways that God is moving in the world, the way that we recognize where God is moving to liberate people and heal people and liberate and heal us, those are the really important things. Right. Jesus is saying, everything takes a back seat. My identity takes a back seat to the ways that the kingdom of heaven is really and actually manifesting in the world. You know. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Don, I think you have point three. I do. I do have point three. So the part that struck me the most was uh, verse 11. Truly, I tell you, among those born of women, no one has arisen greater than John the Baptist. Yet... The least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And this kind of goes off of your point, Charlotte, too, I think, that, I mean, John is, he is living, he is living, right? He's out there and he is like... Dipping locusts and Right, honey. yeah, he's wearing his <laughs> like... That camel skin. Yes. <laughs> oh, I Right, like that is radical. Yeah. Um, and so if, if those in heaven are greater than John, then... How do we get in? <laughs> like, um, because I don't feel that I am living into. Am I living into my Christian faith to the extent that I'm being called to live into it? And and maybe that's the challenge. You know that it's really taking that brave, courageous step. And, and and maybe that's part of the mystery, too, that we don't have the answers to, like, how we get into heaven. There's not a manual. I mean, well, Jesus lays it out, okay. <laughs> but um, there's not, like, check this, this, and this, and then you're in. So it's really important to be reading the Scripture and to be in, for me, to be reading the Scripture, being in Christian communities, having the courage to keep living into this faith, even though maybe everything around me says otherwise. Um, Because Jesus never says it's going to be easy. There's nowhere in the Gospels that he says living this life is going to be an easy one. And we see that certainly with John and with uh, those who take the risks to be Christian, Mm -hmm. even in very difficult situations. But 
we're called to do it anyways. And so it's still striking to me, though, to imagine that those who make it into heaven are greater than John. So Well, and I think it's that stark reminder that's so hard to process of maybe the measure of our greatness isn't the measure of our actions, our deeds, or our faith. Maybe what God sees in us, our worth and and our greatness, is separate from that. And, you know, that's being his beloved children mm-hmm. is accepting the fact that he can love us in all of our beautiful imperfection. Right. Yeah, and I, the thing, I love that part too, and I just like wonder, what does it mean to be the least in the kingdom of heaven? <laughs> you know? <laughs> what does that mean too? And so it's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's like some sort of Jesus' point is some sort of like infinite egalitarianism where like there is total equality mm-hmm. among all the parts, you know, about among everyone that no matter almost like this idea that whether you are out eating locusts and wild honey and wearing camel's hair and mm-hmm. other very uncomfortable articles of clothing in the desert, you know, doing this work or not doing that, right. God loves you the exact same. You know, like there's nothing you can do to make God love you more or any less. That there's that there is this equalizer of God's love and grace no matter what is happening. But I don't know. Well and I, I also think that to a certain extent most and least are a language that we can understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always am mindful of that, that the kingdom of heaven is something that is so beyond our comprehension right. that sometimes those choice of words, I wonder if it's to fit into our level of understanding. Yeah, and I also wonder in this like way of thinking about the kingdom of heaven like constantly kind of unfolding and becoming. You know, Jesus talks about it as kind of already and not yet. Mm-hmm. That, it's, that it's near at hand and yet there's still something happening about mm-hmm. it. That like... For John to be the least, the for for the least in the kingdom of heaven, to be greater than John is to be like, and this thing will continue to unfold, and we're all kind of in this upward mm-hmm. spiral together, mm-hmm. you know, so that everything is is greater than the thing before in a way, right. because we're all moving towards something, some sort of fulfillment. Okay, so that's three points one, two, three. from the gospel. Uh, we always end with three. So uh, number one point was Charlotte's. And it was about this idea of John being in prison, you know, and, and the call in that to take seriously our life of faith and to live into it courageously, mm-hmm. you know, as so many have before and so many still do now. Uh, number two was mine, and it was about the response that Jesus had to the, the disciples of John the Baptist and his call to us to recognize the ways that the, the Holy Spirit is moving and God is moving and the kingdom of heaven is coming about through, through um, witnessing and testifying to these, you know, liberating and healing ways that God is moving in the world. And then number three was Don's, and it was this question of what it means for John the Baptist, who seems to be doing everything right, mm-hmm. doing exactly what he's trying to do, what he's been called to do, to be the to be less than the even the least in the kingdom of heaven and just in the spirit of Jesus's quest response to their question kind of living into the mystery of what that might mean so having heard that discussion charlotte is going to read the gospel one more time and see if you hear anything different this time through when john heard in prison what the messiah was doing he sent word by his disciples and said to him are you the one who is to come or are we to wait for another Jesus answered them, 
Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to look at? A reed shaken by the wind? When then did you go What then did you go out to see? Someone dressed in soft robes? Look, those who wear soft robes are in royal palaces. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will be who will prepare your way before you. Truly I tell you, among those born of women no one has arisen greater than John the Baptist. Yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Faith to Go podcast for week three of Advent, uh, the week of December 15th. Uh, we hope you go check out all those Faith to Go resources on the website, www.myfaithtogo.org. Make sure to send us your questions, comments, uh, stories from your week of faith discussion. You can contact us through that website. You can email us, uh, go at edsd.org, or you can contact us through Instagram at faith2go, or you can also follow us. And, uh, and make sure to go rate and review this podcast to help other people find it. You can share it, too, if you want, with all your friends. And neighbors. And neighbors. Uh, and random people you don't know. Mm-hmm. Thank you again to Don Starry for being here. Uh, we hope you'll be on again in the future. Happy to be here. Yeah. Thank you for having me. We'll make sure we get that in writing. Okay. <laughs> All right. And uh, until next time, Advent 4, we say goodbye. Goodbye, Bye, everyone. Everybody.